this is taking. This is take number two. I think we figured out what was wrong. I just got to my IT guy. And so those of you that have been watching, I hope you'll come back now and welcome. And uh, we'll delete that first half. But uh, praise God, I'll give everybody a few minutes to, to sign on. So let me make sure we're working on Facebook. Let's see. Let me delete that and go back to Facebook. And hopefully it's fixed. We shall now see. And hopefully it's better. There was a technical glitch on when they did the up when they did the uh, um, I don't know what you call it, but the uh, upgrade. There was the upgrade. It was a problem. So when upgraded, it, it shut the microphone off. I guess from what I understand. But um, let me just make sure we're on. Okay. Yep, we are on. Great. Perfect. Okay. And this. Good. Cheryl. Yay. Works now. Yeah. Praise God. No static, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's much better. So I guess there was, I didn't know that they did a, uh, something happened when they did the software update uh, on my computer and it shut off the microphone on, on my Google Chrome. So therefore, you couldn't hear me. And then when I used the other two ones, it didn't work very well. But here we are. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad it sounds better. Amen. So, beloved, this is take two, Monday, uh, March 21st of our Kingdom broadcast. My name is Reverend Henry Falcone from, from uh, Flamma Fire Kingdom Awakening Messages, one of God's American Eagles, because you can see my shirt here for the American Eagle. Yeah. Well, one of them. I'm just one of them. There are many of them. God is raising up for, the, for this hour. And so, anyways, uh, thank you for watching this broadcast. We're so grateful for you to be here this morning. And uh, if you're watching this one, and I mention about another one, it's because uh, we had some problems uh, with our uh, sound, uh, with our microphone. But now we are better, and now we're this is the real broadcast, and uh, we'll be able to share what the Lord has put on our heart. For those of you that are watching the broadcast, I uh, uh, just want to encourage you to go to our website. We have our new designed. A website that I'm going to put in there again, just for uh, if you haven't go gone there yet. It is really current and up to date, and uh, it has a lot of wonderful information on there. It's it's beautifully designed. It's got the wheat in the background as a harvest, and it really shows forth the present work of the Lord. I encourage you to go into each link because there's new information, and there's even uh, a uh, a new work God is uh, cause asking me to. To find five phone ministers that we've been connected with to see if they want to meet together at what I call Team Converge Fivefold Connection. We're gonna on Thursday night this week at seven o'clock. If you're a fivefold minister and you like to come together to gather, we want to talk about what the Lord's doing in his kingdom and how the Lord would cause us to labor together about divine convergences and and this is you know, God breathed. You know, and uh, we at our convergences, we've had pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers come and join us. And in a convergence, the dynamic dynamic is so different. And those of you that co have come where the FIFO ministry has been added to the converging saints, it's been it's been like living under David's tabernacle where 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 it's God and we're all his people. There's no big people, no little people, just God and his people. And the FIFO ministry takes on a brand new dynamic. They function in ways 
that you could not even imagine that build the body of Christ up so beautifully and so specially. And it, it's changed me. It's transformed everything about ministry and working in me to see what the Lord's doing, you know, and uh, and the beauty of the body parts. So I hope that Fivefold Ministers, number one, that you'll come to the divine convergence on, on uh, May 2nd. Yes, May 2nd through the 7th. Uh, 2022 at Schenectady at the Doubletree Hotel. I'll put up information about it, but we'd love to have you come. And um, but it's been beautiful. And tomorrow night at tomorrow night at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, we're going to be having a broadcast about preparation for the um, upcoming Schenect Schenectady convergence. So you might want to watch, and maybe you can participate with us, ask questions, and you know, and uh, listen to those that have come, the testimonies, and what God we feel God is sending, why God is sending us to that New York area. So if you're interested, that's tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Again, all of that's on the website, just for uh, to let you know. Uh, what's happening in with the Lord because it's an exciting time. It's exciting to watch God bring the body parts together, you know, supernaturally. And I was sharing a little bit about that because I, I've been reading some things and listening to some ministers and that are getting kingdom understanding. And listen, I surely don't have all the light of the kingdom knowledge. Uh, hardly. I know like a little white spot on a on, on, on thumbnail of what the Lord's doing, maybe. But this I do know is that there are many members of the body of Christ who've come out of the church establishment order and not because they were rebellious and not because they were stubborn. It's not because they don't want to be under authority. Matter of fact, they actually do want to be under God's authority. And what they don't want to be is under religious authority. You know, that chokes out the gift of God that's within them, that suffocates them because there's no room at the end for them to function and breathe. You know, in a, in a church system, I've been talking about this, a church system of the church age structure. It worked. We, we got saved there. We got baptized there. We got filled with the Holy Spirit there. We got taught there. And I'm not bashing it in any sense in the imagination. I thank God for what we learned there. But it was imperfect because it was a mixture of flesh and spirit. But we've entered a new day, a kingdom age. Where we're having a divine intervention of the Lord. A divine, we're in a time of divine visitation of God right now. Where the Lord is changing everything and putting everything in order, his order, under his decency, his order. And it doesn't look like anything that we've done before. Our gatherings have to change the way we do them, the way we come together. And there's been a remnant people that have been outside waiting for this. They've, they've been alone in their prayer closet, getting to know the Lord. They're being taught by the Lord himself. And, they've gone, and they're fellowshipping with other Christians that have been drawn out that are talking the same language. They're getting the same work of the Lord. They've been separated out onto the Lord for his purposes. And they're speaking the same language and they've connected. And you know what the thing about it is they're not all in the same area, but, but probably there's hardly anybody around where they are. So they've had to reach out into new ways of connecting in the internet or finding, you know, or, or, or however they get information. They're finding there's a remnant within the remnant. There's a, there's a people within a people, a church within a church. Remember, out of the 5,000, only 500 came to, the, came to be ready for the day of Pentecost. Out of the 500, only 120 stayed, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Out of the 120, there was 12 that were released out, called as disciples. Out of the 12, there was three that went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And out of three, there was one who made it to the Isle of Patmos. The first overcomer, John, was the first type of an overcomer. And he was able to see and hear things that nobody else has seen and heard. And the Lord chose him to reveal the secrets and the mysteries of the end time to the one, to the overcomer, to the full grown son. That's what he was manifested as, as a type and a shadow of. And so God has always been 
I don't want to say narrowing, but many are called, but few will pay the price to qualify. And there's a remnant of God that are not rebellious. They're not stubborn. They, they're not, not under authority. They just can't be under a religious authority, you know, that, that quenches the spirit of God, that will not allow the spirit of God to move or they can't grow. They have to get saved every Sunday. They can get baptized with the Holy Spirit every Sunday. They got to hear the same messages about outreaches every Sunday. You know, or how to how to make the church culture, culturally palatable. The church is not supposed to be culturally palatable, pa pa whatever that word is, palatable. The church is supposed to be a wrecking ball against the kingdoms of this of the God of this world to change it, transform it, and to show forth the glory of God, to show forth the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God in ways that is not manufactured. It's not from the mind. It's not from human efforts. We're to be the reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our life is to be the reflection of his life so that he can be seen. Yeah, that's exactly right, Alan. God had to get it down to 300. You're exactly right, brother. And so out of that 300, remember, there was a testing and proving. He brought them to the 30,000 to the river to watch how they drank. Those that drank like that, he disqualified. But those who drank with their face up, staying alert, he qualified. And there's a qualifying going on. And that's what, 20, I believe 2020 was a year God brought us to the water, like, like the water, like Gideon's army, to see how we're going to drink. Are we as ministers and churches going to go waiting and praying for the day to go back as business as usual when the world is not business as usual? Have you looked out there, everybody? It's completely changed from COVID to the, the war that's going on to everything, the, the election, everything has changed the nations. And you can see how the enemy had a, a divine reset, you know, called, yeah, I won't, I won't get political, but you know what it is. If you watch TV, I'll just, you, you all know what I'm talking about, but God has a reset. And in 2020, there was a reset. That election was about more time or less time with the Lord and whoever we chose to be president, no matter how they got there, if, because the present president is in administration, we have less time. Less time to get ready, less time to get prepared. We have time, but less time. And you can see how quickly that agenda is invading our nation and what it's done to our nation and changing it. But at the same time, there's a greater acceleration of God and his people, a greater acceleration of his intervention to quicken within you, quicken within in me, to remove everything that's not kingdom, everything that's within us, that the spots, the blemishes and wrinkles, to prepare us to fully walk as full-grown sons of God that we are. See, we are full-grown sons of daughters of God. If we have surrendered to the working of the Lord, the establishment of the Lord, so that we can begin to see the way that he sees, hear the way that he hears, understand the way that he does, just as Jesus did. I taught that last week, shared with you last week about what glory is. You know, John chapter 5 you know, and, and, and John chapter 17, really talk about what the glory of God is, where Jesus said, I do nothing of myself on my own, or on my, on my own authority. I do nothing. As the voice comes to me, I, 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 I do. And I don't, and my judgment is right. Cause I don't consult my own will, my own aim or my own purpose. I'm only here to do the will of him who sent me. In John chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus says, the father dearly loves the son and shows him all these things, shows him everything that the father's doing. And even more, is he going to show him? So out of that oneness and of our relationship with the Lord, it positions us. The deeper we allow the Lord to make us one with him as a bride, 
with a with a bridegroom. As we follow the instructions of Revelation 19:7, that the bride has made herself ready. You know, of giving up this world of as we've known it to be, laying down all the religious ways and works of the Lord just to simply be his. I am my beloved's. That's the full-grown testimony of the bride in the Song of Solomon. I am my beloved's, and his desires are towards me. Notice there's no self-life in that. I am my beloved's. I belong to him. And the other two testimonies, it would say he is mine. In other words, I need the Lord is first, but then I have my needs. But the full-grown work of the full-grown daughters and sons of God is I am my beloved's, and his desires are mine. That means I've given the Lord the totality of my being, my body, my soul, my spirit, completely for his work, for his operations. I'm not trying to build anything. I'm, try, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm no longer working for God, living for God, which is where we were in the church age, me and God like this. The kingdom age produces this. Oneness, a bride with a bridegroom, produces this relationship. Now I work with the Lord. I live I live with the Lord. I work with the Lord. I'm not working for him. I'm working with him. And that difference is the it's like night and day. The difference is between the church age where we work for the Lord, live for the Lord. We're trying to figure out the best that we can, what God wants. We hear it in the spirit, but many times we 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 build it in the flesh or combination of flesh and spirit. And it worked to some degree, but it can't complete us. It can't finish us. That's why Jesus said, you know, when they were coming to kill him in Luke 13, they said, hey, listen, Herod's coming to kill you. And he said, go tell that fox that today and tomorrow, two prophetic days, day and tomorrow, a day is like a thousand years, Peter says, and a thousand years is like a day. Today and tomorrow, I do healings and miracles, cures. And that's what the church age does. But on the third day, why would he mention it? On the third day, I'm going to complete my course. I'm going to finish my work. So there's a finishing work that found in Philippians 1.6 that says that he that has begun this good work in you will be what? Faithful to complete it in you. That's what the book of Revelation 1 through 5 is that in those first five chapters that I call it the spiritual Pentateuch is the roadmap of glory. Revelation 1 through 5 is the finishing work of Jesus. And if you notice what it takes, it takes a divine intervention. Jesus comes in the air spiritually and he sounds a voice like a war trumpet. And that's where Alan talked about that, 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 that Gideon's army, that the, the, those that can hear that are a remnant within a remnant. There are people within a people. They're hearing the voice of the war trumpet. And as they hear the voice of Jesus in a new way, and that's what 2020, that's why all the pause was. All of it was to stop so that we could hear the change in the voice of Jesus. Not that Jesus changes because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I get it. But his voice changes in the book of Revelation because his appearance changed. He reveals himself to the end time church in a completely new and different way. He has been doing that for years, especially since the year 2000. But the church has just gone on its business as usual. So the Lord, even though it was through the enemy did it, used that pause, that closing down of all the churches and ministries and bringing all of us to a dead stop. We couldn't even go to work. We couldn't go out. We couldn't go to the store, basically. We couldn't go out to eat. The restaurants were closed. Everything got closed down for a purpose. And what was that purpose? For God to get our attention, to get us still so we could hear the voice of the war trumpet. This divine intervention, this manifestation of the sons of God arising starts with the revelation of Jesus Christ as he's to be seen now. See, that is so key, beloved. And this is what we have to share with others, that why is it different? What's changed? Are you just saying you just don't want to go to church anymore? 
<coughs> are you against churches and local church? It has nothing to do with what we're against. It's not against. It's just changed. The day has the day has changed. The hour has changed. The moment has changed. We are no longer in the church age of the first 2,000 years of the church. We have entered in the third day kingdom age that's going to usher in the millennial reign of Christ. That's where we are. And everything has changed prophetically. And because it changes, it changes. It, the Lord wants to bring, and it's in the last book of the Bible. I ask you this question. You know, if we were to continue as we we're supposed to continue, why give us another book to the Bible? Why not keep the first 65? There's plenty in it. And why would the 66th book of the Bible have to be named the revelation of Jesus Christ? Why? Beloved, think. Open up your hearts and minds, pastors and leaders. Why is there another? Why is there one last book? And why is that last book so important? Because in that last book, all the other books come into completion. The last book brings everything into completion. The Lord's finishing work is seventh day rest, a millennial reign of Christ, then a season of testing, and then the brand new heaven and the brand new earth. It's not found. Oh, it's, it's pointed to in the first 65 books, but it's explained and unfolded in the 66th book, but it's hidden. It's a secret and a mystery. And at the appointed time, which is now, God has chosen to reveal the secrets of that book, the mystery of that book. As world events unfold, so will the understanding of what God is doing and how we're to be prepared and positioned and propelled for what's coming. If we keep doing churches, we've known them to be, if, if our whole focus is Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, our outreach programs and all that stuff that's on the schedule, we will never be ready, prepared for what's coming on this earth. And you're going to have a people, pastors and leaders that, that, that are not equipped, that don't know how to find God, hear God, you know, and be able to live in, 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 in the unfolding of the events of the cleansing judgments that are beginning upon the earth. Listen, pastors and leaders, how many people stopped coming? Even when the church got able to come back and you didn't have to wear masks or you wear masks, how many came back? Many pastors have complained, well, they, that they're lazy. They want to stay home, you know, and watch it because it's easier. And maybe to agree that it is. But if that's the truth, then why is that? Why are they not compelled to come and gather with the saints? Why is there not a compelling to meet with the Lord? Maybe because that structure is easy to watch on TV. Maybe that structure, they know what's going to happen. So that it's just as easy to stay home as go. But maybe if that structure was gone and every single time we came together and the Lord was different, filled with the glory of God and the body of Christ operating and moving in the spirit in ways that God intended to meet, maybe they wouldn't watch it on TV. Maybe they'd want to come and be a part and find their place and position in a body that functions and grows and then it's built up by the fivefold ministry that stands underneath them instead of on top of them. Maybe these are some answers that we've been looking for. Maybe it's not to try new things from the mind. Maybe the answer is not to try to reinvent the wheel and paint over the barn and call it new. Maybe it's a new wineskin, a new way of living, a new way of thinking from the kingdom of God age that God wants to reveal to us. And that's why in Revelation chapter one, Jesus appears to John in a way he has never seen John. Did you ever think about why he chose John? Why not Peter, James? Why does John live and not die uh, as a martyr? And he lives a full life because he is the first overcomer. 
that's supposed to live a completed life, finished without, you know, necessarily giving up their life. He was a total victor. He wasn't a victim. Not that the others were. They were martyrs, and thank God for them. I'm not diminishing them. But it was to John. Why John? Because I believe John developed a oneness with Jesus that was deeper than maybe the others. Not better, just deeper. I mean, why would this young man come and put his head here on Jesus' breast in love? He did. He, he desired the nearness of his presence. He desired the nearness of that love. And that bond of love between him and Jesus was, was established. So much that when the time came to, for Jesus, for, for somebody to take care of his, of his mother, he said, gave her, gave her to John. John the Revelator, Revelator, they say. That's what they name him. We know he suffered great persecution. He was on that pile, that island of Patmos with slave labor. It was not an easy life and any stretch of the imagination. God just let him live longer to complete the days that he had, you know, you know where, where the others died, you know, as martyrs and they completed their days. But what I'm trying to get to today is that to, to this man, John, the one that should have known who Jesus was, who Jesus looked like, when the season changed for the hour of the book of Revelation to be revealed, God chose him to write down everything that God showed him. Everything Jesus showed, he said, write down what I'm giving you and send it to the seven churches. That seven churches represents throughout the ages. We're, we're reading it today. And now, we, and, and because we're in the third day, the book of Revelation has taken center stage in the heart and mind of God, because in that book of Revelation is the finishing work, the completed work. It's in the book of Revelation. We no longer just see Jesus as the alpha God, the beginning. We begin to see him as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the last. And this divine intervention that we're in right now, that revelation of who he is as the king of glory is what is changing us completing us because as we look into that face we're looking into pure holy love like fire refiner's fire fuller soap fire we're looking into the purity of the face of jesus and as we do we're being changed by that looking at him it says we who, who look at jesus as a face in a mirror are constantly being transfigured or changed from glory to glory so that the more we see him the more we like him so in these last days seeing him being with him, being married to with him, the, the, the marriage supper, the lamb reality. It's all revealed in the last book of the Bible. It's in the last book of the Bible. We see the revelation of Jesus Christ with his people and in his people. And if you were to take a look at chapters one through five, you will see a spiritual penitent of a preparation, a finishing work of God's people. That's the time we're living in. That's where we should be bringing the people on Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night. And if you would reach up higher and deeper into the Lord, God would begin to unfold that glory roadmap in Revelation chapter one and five. And as he does, he brings us back to the Old Testament, New Testament, because you can see the thread and the building of it from a seed all the way up into the end, from Adam all the way to the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem city, the bride. You can see it all throughout the Bible. It's there and how God wants to change it. The corresponding scriptures are there to verify and prove that we are in what God wants to do in these last days from the forming of a wheel within a wheel that Ezekiel saw, from Isaiah being high and lifted up and lifted up and seeing the glory of the Lord filling the temple and hearing the Lord said, who shall we send and who shall we go for us? 
And the answer, here I am, Lord, send me. It's all through it. David having the revelation of taking the tavern, the, the Ark of the Covenant out of Moses' tabernacle and pitching a tent over it and changing the order of worship so that God is ministered to 24 hours a day, 365, paying people to minister to the Lord because it was the most important thing about establishing the government of God on the earth. All throughout the scriptures, we see the bits and pieces coming together to form the end time work of the Lord. And that's what this broadcast is about. It's to prepare a people. The message of the kingdom is preparation. The message of the, of the, of, of the, of the church is salvation. The message of the kingdom is preparation. Preparation for what? To rule and to reign with him. Revelation chapter five, that he's called us out of every tribe and every nation. We sing a new song. And what's that new song? And he has formed us into what a kingdom, a priest and kings to our God. People who are able to minister to the heart of God, know God, that Jesus can work his priestly ministry to and asking the father together with us, with the Holy Spirit and Jesus together, going before the father, hearing the father's instructions and will and plans, and now being able to release what they see and what they hear on earth as it is in heaven, as a multi-membered body of Christ, walking in the full authority, dominion, and power of the kingdom of God as Adam did having rule on the earth and rule in the air because revelation the book of revelation teaches us that as jesus comes down into this second heaven air we go up and we meet him and we're transformed we change and, and revelation 2 and 3 become alive where we repent change and overcome and as overcomers we're brought up through a higher place into the throne room in revelation chapter 4 verse 1 we come up through the door in heaven and john is taken up to a higher place because that same war trumpet that he heard in revelation chapter one he hears again saying come up here so i can show you the things that are here to come and he saw that doorway and immediately when he goes up through the up through that doorway he sees a throne see that's the destination salvation is the beginning the destiny the fullness of salvation brings you from saved to being an overcomer to being a full-grown son and daughter of god it brings you from church to the throne to the throne and we begin to live and move and function in that glory realm as a prepared people of God, full-grown sons and daughters of God that are now living up here spiritually. We're in, we're in reality seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's not a nice slogan to put on the wall. We've quoted it for years, but most people don't even have a clue of what that really means. But in this kingdom age, in the book of Revelation, we literally spiritually get caught up into that second heaven to meet Jesus. And meeting there, he speaks a message to the seven churches. And that message isn't everything's okay, keep doing business as usual. That's why this intervention of God is so important. To have sons of God and Joel's army to come together, each one of us has to begin to behold what John beheld on the island of Patmos to see Jesus as the king of glory, to see Jesus in the glory that he had before the foundation of the world. I want you to see something in, in John chapter 17 with me for a minute. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to go on a little longer today because we had to start over. So I'll probably, you know, we're um, going to continue because this is a second broadcast, the first one we have to delete. But I want to look at John 17. This is really powerful. Thank you, Lord. It says in, in verse 20, neither for these do I pray, 
but also for those who will ever come to believe and trust on me through their wooden teaching, that they may all be one. You, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. One in us. Not one that we all agree together, but that we have an abiding oneness as a bride with a bridegroom, a son with a father, that the relationship that the father and the son have with us being married to Jesus we would have that same relationship. We would hear the Father the same way. We would work with Jesus the same way. We would do exactly only what the Father says with Jesus, with his life being fully demonstrated in our life. Our life merged in his, his life merged in ours, and we are completely his. One. And that's what it says here. And how is he going to do it? I have given them the glory which you have given me. I have given them the glory which we have given me. That What is that glory? Look what it says. It says that, that they may be one even as we are one. Oneness is glory and glory is oneness. And out of that oneness brings forth a new revelation of Jesus Christ. Not that he's changed. He's just chosen to reveal himself into, into our lives as the finisher, as the omega God. We have known him as the Alpha God who saved us, baptized us with the Holy Spirit, but we have not seen him. We have not known him as Psalm 24 says, the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord strong in battle, the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. But it tells us to do something in Psalm 24, to lift up our heads. What does that mean? What's John doing? He's lifting up his head, O ye gates. We're the gates. Oh, lift up your head, you age-abiding doorways. That's us. And what does it say? Let the king of glory come in. It's a command. We're to let him in. The book of Revelation chapter 1 is the fulfillment of Psalm 24. John is letting the king of glory come in. And as he lets the king of glory come in, he's answered the knock in Revelation 3.20 that says, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open up the door and let me in, I will come in and I will sup with them and they will sup with me. What we see in the book of Revelation chapter 1 and 5 is a supping, a communion, a union, an unfolding of the purposes and the plans of Almighty God, of how God desires through Jesus Christ to change and finish and can bring forth the completed manifestations of the sons of God. And the sons of God and the daughters of God, full grown, are manifesting now upon the earth. They are. They're beginning to walk and talk in dominion, authority, and power as the day unfolds, they are walking in a deeper, under deeper anointing from a different place. They're working, they're wa operating from the glory realm. They're being filled with the glory of God. And that glory is now going to be seen risen upon them and it's happening. And God wants you, my beloved, wants to be part of that company because this is our destiny. And if you notice that on Sunday, that's probably not what you heard. And probably on Sunday night, that's probably not what you heard. And when you turned on your favorite preacher, that's probably not what you heard. You probably heard what we have always heard. You know, why are you not in church? Why are you not coming? Why are you not under this? Why are you not under that? Why are you not doing this? Why are you doing that? Because that's the message of the church age. But the kingdom message is different. 
It has a different calling. It has a different function. It has a different purpose. And it's to finish us and complete us. Because many of you in the body of Christ have been yearning and yearning, God, when are you going to complete me? When am I going to be able to put off this corruptible, to put on the incorruptible? And the Lord said, I'm here to remove all the spots and blemishes and the wrinkles. I'm here to bring you forth as a glorious church without spot, blemish, and wrinkle that I can present to myself and my Father. I'm here to bring you forth as an army of God and you will follow me on this earth and together we will subdue the earth and take dominion over it. Together we will transform the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God. Together they're going to see me risen upon you. They're going to see my glory in you. They're going to hear me in you. They're going to see me in you. They're going to know that I've sent you by the love that you have one for another. They're going to know that the Father sent you and loves you as he sent me because I'm changing you with glory. I'm transforming you with glory. The glory that I had of being one with my Father, I have given unto you, and I'm bringing you to the place where you can see me in the glory that I had before the foundation of the world. And that's exactly what happens in, 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 in Revelation chapter 1. John sees the glory that Jesus had before the foundation of the world. When he sees Jesus, he doesn't recognize him. When he hears his voice, he doesn't know who's speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because Jesus is revealing himself as the king of glory. We saw him as the suffering lamb. We saw him as the king of the Jews, but we have not seen him as the king of kings revealed, as the Lord of Lord reveals. We haven't seen him coming on his white horse. We haven't seen us mounted up on those white horses with him. We haven't seen heaven and earth working together with the saints that are in glory, the living creatures in glory, the wheel within the wheel being formed. We have never seen that before. We've never been in that place before. We've never understood God's mission like this before. And that's why everything has to change and is changing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's the message of the kingdom. It's going to be preached in every nation as a witness, not doing witnesses. Your life is going to be a witness of the glory of God because Isaiah prophesied it. Arise from the depression and circumstances that the things have kept you and arise to new life and shine for your light of the king of glory has come. And that glory shall now be seen what risen upon you, in you and upon you. And darkness and great darkness is going to cover the earth. But nations are going to come to your rising and kings to your brightness. Do you see? Where do we see that happening in church structure? Where does that fit into church structure and the way we've done things? It doesn't fit. It can't fit. It's got to change. We've got to let go of that old wineskin church function mentality. We got to stop going back to try to build what they did in the book of Acts. He's not building what he did in the book of Acts. He's completing what he started in the book of Acts in a brand new way of the kingdom understanding and revelation of a bride coming down as a new Jerusalem city. Where have you ever seen that before? What does that look like? How does it function? What does God's governmental order look like? What does it mean to take dominion and authority and power? Is it just healing people and doing deliverance? Or is it the ability to walk on water? Is it the ability to stop storms? Is it the ability to stop the sun from moving as God would direct like we've seen all throughout the Bible? Oh, beloved, 
Why hold on to that which has passed away? Pastors, leaders, what are we doing? Can't you see that God has more? If you just remove the structure and just made seeking the face of God your agenda, oh, and let the Lord and trust God for the Holy Spirit to work within his people and not be afraid to correct, train, and equip that you might offend somebody. What God would do in our midst. All that you've been praying about. You want to see God's glory. You want to see people come in and be healed without anybody touching them. But the present structure of church order and how we do things and how we moved has ended. It stopped. And we've moved on. God's moved on. He's walked into a new day. He walked in the first day. He walked in the second day. He walked in the third day. He walked in the fourth day. And then in the church age, he walked in the fifth day and the sixth day. And now he's walking in the seventh day in a new day, the day of his rest, the day of his finishing work. And we can't see it. But you, beloved, that's why we're on this broadcast. Because you're to be the trumpets of God. You're to be the ones that share this message of the kingdom and power, authority, and dominion. But you too have to realize you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. It's not going to fit the church structure that we've used to. God has a new wineskin of the kingdom, a better one. He said the glory of the latter house is greater than what? The glory of the former house. And the only way we can arise as the sons of God and be formed as a wheel within a wheel is beholding Jesus today as the king of glory. Having that encounter face to face. Now you understand why God asked me to do the divine convergences. Because he's told me to go to specific cities to meet him there. And then invite those to come. Do you know that these convergences are by invitation only? I can't just open it up to anyone. I can't. Why? Because the Lord said it's not that way. You know, do you remember this, the parable when Jesus talked about the wedding and they found somebody that wasn't clothed for the wedding properly? They went up to that man and said, why are, you at the, why are you in here? You're not dressed right to be in here. And they put that man out. It's not because he wasn't, wasn't wanted to be there. He didn't have the right clothing to be there. He wasn't prepared to be there. So the divine convergences prepare us how to minister together with the Lord how to function together in the new as fivefold ministers with the body of Christ as one people in David's tabernacle. I want to read Revelations. I was starting in Revelations, excuse me, John chapter 17. I finished. It says, I have given them the glory that you've given me that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, I in them, I in them. That's with, and, and, and I in them and they in me. I and them, you and me, in order, listen to this, that they may be become one. I and them, and you and me, that they would be one. And listen what it says, that they may become one, perfectly united. That's what we experience at the divine convergence. That word becomes a living reality. There's no big people, there's no little people. We become one with them. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We become one, perfectly united. Do you see? Man cannot build what God builds. Unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. The house that God's building is established on oneness. 
the bride with the bridegroom. A bride who has a testimony. I am my beloved's and his desires are towards me. A, a, a bride, a son that has a testimony. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, new life, see it completely different. I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Those are the two testimonies of the bride and the son, the two-sided corn. That spiritual hot position, and as you've allowed God to work that in you, positions you for the rest of this. And look what it says. It says, and that way the world will recognize that you sent me and you love them as you love me. They will recognize that you sent me. That's what I've been testifying of. That's what I'm talking about. We're becoming new. We're going to function differently. We're getting brand new 21st century kingdom armor. It's the same armor. It's just glorified armor, fullness of armor. We're getting glorified fullness weapons. We're getting new weapons. We're getting new armor because we're in a new day and we can't fight this war, this spiritual battle that's coming upon the earth with the church age weapons that we've used, the church age mechanics. A church service isn't going to change anything. How we prayed back then isn't going to change anything when God is taking us to the very throne room and sharing. Jesus is sharing his, his high priestly ministry with us of intercession. And he wants us to flow through us to release on earth, which is in heaven in ways that will instantly manifest. He wants to release when the words of consequences that, 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 that like when Paul, when, when Paul said three days blindness will come upon you or what Peter spoke by the Holy Spirit up to Ananias and Sapphira. Those are words of consequences. Those are authority words. Those are words of another kind that the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. She said, how do I know this will come to pass? She goes, this word is of a different kind. You see, when the spirit of prophecy speaks and we're coming up into that glory realm and we're hearing from up here, that word is an instantaneous word that God releases on earth that will happen immediately, just as it did with Jesus. Just as Jesus spoke, it happened. When he cursed a fig tree, it happened, it withered. That's the authority and dominion and power that God wants to work through his full-grown sons and daughters that are completely one with him. Not full-grown sons and daughters that, that, that the church made, that men made, that said they're the ones that are going to walk in power and authority. They're, God's not even going to trust them with that power and authority because he's not going to, no flesh can glory in his sight. It was so holy that when Moses got frustrated that one time and he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, God did not let him enter into the promised land. That's how serious his authority and power is. You can never take it on yourself or bring what God says into your own understanding. What did Moses do that was so wrong? What was it that was so wrong? We know he struck the rock instead of speaking it. But really, you know what he did? He went back to what he knew. Listen carefully. This is a powerful word. He went back to his, what he knew in his frustration. He knew God had commanded him to strike the rock and water came out of it. So the familiar is what he went back to. And because he didn't honor God, because he didn't speak to the rock this time, which was a new command, he had to forfeit seeing and entering. He saw it, but he forfeited entering into the promised land. And that's the same thing that many are going to be disqualified now by, because they're going to go back to what's familiar. What was in 2019? We're going to go back to the same ways and the same methods of what we've always did. If we haven't changed, then we haven't grown because change comes with growth. I mean, change 
closer to God, more intimate with God, where his life is truly being seen, that God has put a spiritual substance within us, that when God speaks to us, wow, people say, I've never heard anyone speak like that before, like they did of Jesus. I've never seen someone walk in that authority, power, and dominion. That's what's coming. That's what's here. Do you want it? Do you want it, beloved? Then you got to open the door and let him in. Let me read what it says here. Father, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me, isn't that powerful? And gave me, may be with me where I am. Wow. That's exactly what happens on Revelation chapter one. John is in the spirit on the Lord day and immediately he's caught up and he hears the voice of a war trumpet calling him. And he doesn't recognize that voice because it's different. And that's exactly what's happening today. Many of you are hearing that voice. Many of people are hearing it and it sounds like they're a duck quacking and they're going away from it. And many can't hear it at all. But for the few that can hear it, then it then I heard a voice calling me, calling from behind me, calling me from behind me like a war trump trumpet it says then i turned around see what the changes i turned around sorry about that i turned around to see who the voice was that was calling me and when i looked he saw jesus just like when he left nope he saw jesus that he put his head on his bread breast nope he saw jesus in his glory he saw the king of glory and you know what happened and he fell on his face like a dead man, like Isaiah, like Ezekiel. He fell on his face like a dead man. Why? Look at this. It says, Father, I desire that whom you've entrusted to me may be with me where I am. That's the call. Come up here. Right? It says, so that they may see my glory. Why? Because when you see him, you'll be like him. Seeing him is possessing him or him possessing you. The more he, you see him, the more he, he possesses you, the more you yield to him, the more you surrender to him, the more he's able to work beyond anything you've ever known and seen because that glory changes you from the inside, inside out. He says that they may see the glory. Look at this. What glory? What glory are these ones that Jesus is, that God entrusted to him? What are they going to see? Listen, it says right here, that they may see the glory which you have given me your love gift to me before the foundation of the world. I want them to see the glory that you gave me before the foundation of the world. Now you understand Revelation chapter one. Now you see the change of day, the change of season. Now you see how important the book of Revelation is for us to be prepared, positioned, and propelled for what's coming on the earth. If we continue, to do more services, more conferences, let everybody take notes and show off our giftings from up here that actually crush people, that actually bury them. How will they ever be prepared, positioned and propelled to function as a living stone being built up into a spiritual house? So God said, that's why I want you to, I didn't even know what a divine convergence was. I said, what's that, Lord? He said, I just want you to gather the people and I'm the only agenda. I want you just to come to seek my face. No agenda, no guest speakers. 
He said, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are the guest speakers. I just want you to come and be with me and minister to my heart. And that's what we've done. And in the last year and a half, our lives have been revolutionized. The work of God in us has been revolutionized. We have been so changed and transformed. We're not perfected yet. We're working towards it, obviously. But the perfection of Jesus is working in our lives. And we are decreasing and he's increasing. And we're becoming the manifested full-grown sons and daughters of God each and every day in the fullness of it. Why? Because we believe it. We believe it's true. And we know it's true because we watch the Lord doing it and his desire to do it within us. And, and in that, we, will, we are beginning to walk in a new kingdom, dominion, authority, and power. There have been times where I've watched the Lord work through me. I said, I've never operated like that in my life. I've never seen such authority, power, and dominion. That doesn't make me super Christian. I still stumble. I fail. I'm still being changed. But I'm being completed in him. And I know that he's removing every place within me by his pure holy love. So that the only thing that's going to come forth from my life and your life is that pure holy love for the world to see, the reflection of Jesus. We're going to be like that crystal sea, completely transparent, so that only Jesus is seen and glorified in our lives. Not our name, not our ministry. Jesus is going to be seen glorified. And he says, I, that, so that they may see the glory which you have given me, your love gift to me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Let them see my glory that I had. When we look at Revelation chapter one, ask the Lord to reveal himself to you like that. Ask him to open your eyes to see him as the king of glory. Seek him, your bridegroom king, but we're married to the Lord of hosts, beloved. We are married to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are married to his royalty, to his power, to his dominion, to his authority, to his love, to his person, to his grace, to his mercy, to his goodness, to all that he is. We're to become one with him. And as we become one with him, we get closer and closer in intimacy that we dare not move without him. We don't breathe without him. Don and I were saying this. We can't make a decision without the Lord. From the smallest to the biggest, we've known that, but now it has to be a living reality that we are continually seeking the Lord. And I close with this. There is an inheritance, a spiritual positioning of being seated with him in heavenly places. From Revelation 3.21, it says this, for he that overcomes, I will give him the right to sit down on my throne, next to sit down next to me on my throne as I have overcome and sat down next to my father on my father's throne. They have a spiritual place of being seated with him in heavenly places. What does that look like? Well, Proverbs 8, 17 and 21 tell us, I love them that love me. And those that, did, did, those that seek me diligently and early, they shall find me. And verse 21 says, and to those that I love, that enter that intimate relationship, with me into the marriage supper with me desire to be one with me i will i will cause them to and i will i will cause them to inherit true riches and i will fill their treasuries i will cause them to inherit true riches on the island of Patmos, john is getting the true riches of the kingdom of god he's getting understanding wisdom power and authority to guide the church into the completed days that god has intended for him he gets the instructions. He gets the blueprint. 
and the manuals for a specific period of time called the kingdom age. And that's what God is choosing to reveal to us right now. And that's why many have left the church proper and the church structure, because that's not the message that they're hearing. They're not rebellious pastors. They are not, not people not under authority. This group of people are completely under God's authority. And they want it so much that they won't position themselves where God is not or where God's moved from. And that's hard for pastors to understand and see and leaders to see because it looks like they just don't want to hear or they don't want to be part. They just don't want to be at every meeting. No, it's not that at all. It's just that they have been drawn out to a deeper place, a deeper intimacy with God. And they want to be with people who have that same intimacy with faithful ministers that understand that work and they can work together with that God can establish his kingdom within them, you know, and manifest his kingdom glory within them through them that will dramatically change planet earth. That's what they're seeking. So stop calling them rebellious and stop saying that they're not under authority. And just because there are pastors and leaders and faithful ministries that may not be part of your organization doesn't mean they're rebellious either. God is connecting them with other apostles and fivefold ministers that are seeing this kingdom of God unfolding. And they're seeing them as being one with God's people, not over them, but alongside of them and underneath them to help them become everything that God created them to be. They are ruling from where Jesus rules as a foundation stone. And as that foundation stone, it provides a covering, a canopy of glory so that God's people can grow and mature and be everything that God created them to be. It's a different way. It's a different thought. It's a different thinking. It's a different working, but I'm going to keep preaching it and preaching it and preaching it and sharing it and sharing it and sharing it. And maybe I'll do it a million times, but it doesn't matter, but it's going to manifest on the earth. And there's going to be a day where this many are going to throw away that structure of the church age wineskin and embrace the new wineskin of the kingdom age and get the new hard drive, the new software of how it operates, the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom, the thoughts and plans of God, so that the people will be readied, prepared, positioned, and propelled with his glory for what's coming on the earth. Praise God. Well, I hope this was a blessing in spite of all the technical difficulties and all the glitches that we had. It was worth doing again over. And thank you for telling me to start over and try it again. And thank you to I, our IT man who found the solution for me quickly and get, was able to get me up and broadcasting again. He's the one that also did our new website. So I hope you watch it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. It is truly in weakness and emptying and surrender. You are strong. Lord, if you're not the all in all, if you're not the Lord of all, then in our lives, who are you? You're the Lord of everything. And Father, we just again, today, surrender the totality of our being to you, our body, soul, and spirit. And we pray, draw me, Lord. Draw us, Lord. Draw us deeper to you, Lord. Draw us, Lord. We, our body, soul, and spirit, will run after you with every fiber of our being. And we pray, O oh, King, bring us into your chambers where we can see you face to face, where we can behold you as a King of glory. I pray such a spiritual release, such a spiritual, such a... Courtney.
such a spiritual, Lord, such a spiritual release, such a spiritual impartation, a strengthening, a quickening, an enabling grace to everyone watching this broadcast. Father, let this word become flesh. Let it burn within us. Let our eyes be open to see your coming unfolding kingdom age, your kingdom. May it be worked in us, Lord. Lord, may it be worked in us. May it be, Lord, may we be enabled with that glory. Fill us with your glory, Lord. If we have found favor in your sight, show us your glory. Father, we pray right now, Lord, teach us your ways that we might know you. Open up our eyes to see like we've never seen before. Open up our ears to hear like we've never heard before. Open up our hearts to understand as we've never understood before. We see you, Lord, but we cry out to see you better. We hear you, Lord, but we want to hear you better. We know you, Lord, but we want to know you better. Our desire is to be completely one with you, Lord, your bride without spot, without blemish and wrinkle. And we surrender to your refining fire, to your fuller soap. We surrender to the spirit of burning and spirit of judgment to beautify us and complete us. We say, yes, Lord, complete us, finish us and prepare us for this hour that's coming upon the world so that your glory would be seen in us and through us. And Lord, together, Lord, that you would transform the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God in you. Position us where you want us to be. Lord, we give you permission to change the relationships, change where we live, change who we fellowship with, God. If we're not with the right people at the right place at the right time, then we give you permission to take us up from this place to put us in with the body, parts you connected us with, where we belong. Bring us to them, bring us to them, Lord, so where we fit, God. There's so many crying out, Lord, where do I fit? Bring us into that fitting place, God. Lord, so that we can function as a wheel within a wheel, as Joel's end time army, God. Show us our placement, God. Show us your desires, Lord, so we can function and be everything that you called us to be, Lord. We're yearning for you. We're, we're yearning to be part, Lord. For the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. Each part of this body is beautiful. But Lord, if we're fingers, Lord, if we're down with the toes, take us off the foot and put us on the hand. And if we're a toe connected to the fingers, take us off the hand and put us on the feet where we belong. You are the Lord that arranges the body, body parts as you will. We surrender to your divine alignment. We surrender to your divine rearranging today, God. And Lord, we ask you, God, whether we have to move from where we live, if we have to leave our job, we are ready to lay it all down, Lord. When you say, come, all things are now ready, Lord. We're not going to make the excuses in Luke 14. Lord, let, let me come later. I have a house. I have a job. I have a family. Lord, we, we say no to that. And we say, Lord, when you call, we will come. Thank you, Lord. When you call, we'll come. Lord, thank you, Lord. And Father, together, Lord, help us to be the house of the living God, the temple of living God made up of living stones being built up into a spiritual house that will show forth the praises of you that called us out of darkness into your glorious light. I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such an impartation that this word would become flesh, our life's experience. Now, God, to you who can do super above all that we ask or imagine, to you, God, be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
Somebody give God praise with me. We just praise you, Lord. We bless you. We give you glory and honor. We thank you so much, God, that you are God Almighty. To you, Lord, be all the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, beloved, I'm going to put up on the chat line here. How to find, thank you, Lord. Our next convergence, Connected in New York. That's the link for it. So if you want to come and find out more about it, go to that link. And I already put on our, um, our website on there for you. But also, I'm putting on there because people ask me all the time, and I only do this because people ask me, they, they hear the broadcast, they say, how can we, we'd like to bless you with a financial blessing. And if you'd like to do that, that's how you do it. Right there, there's our PayPal link. Nobody has to give anything, but if you want to, you can. So let me say hello to Paula. God bless you, Paula. God bless you, Donetta, Nicole, Cheryl. Let me see how else. Joy, God bless you. Let me greet you today if I haven't been able to do that. Sometimes I get really caught up in the, Well, I get caught up in it like I should be. But who else is on today? Nicole was on. I think Jeremy was on. God bless you. Gloria, God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just seeing if I missed anybody. Alan, God bless you, my brother. Joy, God bless you. If I didn't greet you, Donna, God bless you this morning. Amen. I think I got everybody. Jay, God bless you. No, it's Joy. God bless you. So I hope I was able to acknowledge you. Thank you for watching. Now, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., a group of our team Converge is going to get together and share about the upcoming Schenectady um, Convergence. Why are we going there? Why is God sending us there to meet him? Well, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., uh, tomorrow, 7 p.m., I'm right at 7 p.m. I broadcast. Broadcast. Preparing. Wrong. Preparing for New York convergence. Oh, it will be on Facebook and YouTube. So you might want to watch it. If you want to know what a convergence is and hear the testimonies of how God has changed everyone's life and how to prepare for this, come and watch. It's been a blessing, beloved, to know you, to be with you. If any of you have any needs, any specific prayer requests, you can always email me, please. I'm going to put that on there. I'm going to make sure I have somebody do this for me tomorrow so I don't have to do this. Okay, I'll get it sent out to them so they can just cut and paste and put it on there for me. Okay, but that's my email address. If we can serve you in any way, we love you. We're family. We're here for you. And I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart, Don and I, for your prayers for us, your love towards us, your welcoming us, encouraging us. And for those of you who God has touched to bless us financially, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the above, the prayer, the encouragement, and the finances. You know, we appreciate it. You know, we don't do fundraising activities. We just trust God to touch people like he did in the Church of Philippi that would love Paul so much that they gave and made sure his needs were met and he had all that he needed to do the work of the Lord. That's what we pray for, that God would bring to us people, okay, that would that he's ordained to relate to us in that way and us with them. He said, Paul said, I have no one that I've entered into covenant relationship like you, the Church of Philippi. And if you notice, they're the only ones that got that blessing, <laughs> that he prayed it. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus because... They loved him. They loved him, the person. They loved the people with him and they helped him 
do the work of the Lord. That's how it should be. We shouldn't have to sell books and tapes for $100. You know, we shouldn't have to charge registration fees for conferences. I'm not saying you can't do that. But there should be such a love exchange between God and his people that we wouldn't have to. That the people would welcome the sent ones. And the sent ones would welcome those that they're sent to. And there would be such a mutual love and care for each other that would go beyond words. And that they would do all they could to care for those that are being sent to them. That's what Paul told the Corinthians church. You know, he rebuked them for not taking care of them that way. So anyways, we are here for you. We love you. Thanks for watching the broadcast. And we will see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. All right. Thanks for being patient and, and coming back on and making it through that, that, that fuzzy sound. You are troopers. And we are worshiping warriors of the Lord. Love each and every one of you. Have a very blessed day. Bye-bye.